1: Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Yes, I decided to pause there. I wonder how that's going to play. I think people understand. Yeah, no, I think they'll like it. Welcome in. Program's called Balloon Party. Jackson, though, has insisted we change it to the Lil Piddle Show. Yeah. Today on the Lil Piddle Show, what do you got?
0: I was looking back, actually. I was trying to figure out all the names that we've called this show, and at one point, or one of my little nicknames was "Little Songbird," and I think that was after uh, I sang, I serenaded the audience to "Take Me Out to the Ball Game."
2: Boy, that was a moment.
0: Yeah. Oh boy.
2: Mm. Welcome into the program. It airs here on 101 ESPN. It is an hour, but it is it's an uh, it's a passionate hour. That's comprehensive. That's what I to describe. Hour. It's comprehensive. It's passionate. And it's, uh, it's, it's a program that solicits your involvement by texting into the Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, we ask for mic drops presented by Rhino Shield, but uh, candidly, I don't know how to access them. And the gentleman running the board will not play them. And therefore, my sources tell me they get left in the uh, Rhino Shield mic drop inbox, but they never get played. That's what I've been told. Outside of when you left one when you were vacationing ah, yeah, 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 in the yeah, Hamptons, yeah. right, 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 yeah. and uh, and 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 we had to hear like a breakdown of the Celtics and Warriors or something like that.
0: Uh, I think the word you're looking for that you got to hear. Oh, yeah, you're right. You got to hear that, and that's correct. Yeah, I don't allow them to be played.
2: Uh, Jackson, Little Hampton B, and Timmy Tin Can. You suck at singing. You spoiled daddy's money, kid. It's from a 618. I liked, I liked, I like our leadoff hitter today. Yeah. I like where we are. Give my I like that we're getting on base and we're just disrupting a pitcher of the caliber of like Ian Anderson, for example. Right. His Darn. kind of his kind of rhythm. Uh you can win tickets to the Cardinals and Dodgers next week. 101 ESPN has your chance to win a four pack of tickets to next week's sold out Budweiser Bash for Cardinals and Dodgers on Tuesday, July twelfth. Next week's Bud Bash giveaway features a limited edition. Willie McGee Bobblehead. Get all the details for Budweiser Bash Nights at Busch Stadium now at cardinals.com slash promotions. My three favorite players when I was a young tyke. Jackson, you wanted to fire a bullet? Willie McGee. Nice. Uh, Vince Coleman. Nice. Boy, you might hit them all here.
0: And... Uh, I don't think I'm going to get the third
2: one. I mean, I, th- I, th- I would say that probably, now the Willie McGee one was obvious because it tied into the train of thought Right. the right, Bud right. Bash with right. the Willie McGee bobblehead. Vince Coleman, that was probably the toughest one. The Wizard? There you go. All and right. I would say the third one would be the easiest. Yeah, there it is. On that. a home run by the Wizard. Yeah. My, my... I, now, I'm curious for you, and you feel like you came into your own in 2006 with your Cardinal fandom. Yeah. That was the year, and that's because the Warriors weren't really good at that time.
0: No, they they saw Baron Davis probably. Right, it was
2: Baron Davis era. So I would say if 2006, then it would be Jeff Weaver, Preston Wilson, and These are my favorite
1: players,
2: Tick Tock, Tick Tock, Tick Tock, Josh Kidding.
0: Uh, Weaves is actually
2: uh, Weaves. That's
0: kind of live because I liked his hair, and he was so good in the playoffs.
2: Out of nowhere, uh, you're. I mean, so you're probably. Pools roll in Edmonds. There you uh, go. MV3, rolling and
0: Pujols, yo. for sure. Edmonds maybe. Mixing. Oh, you're going to hate
2: on one five right now?
0: No, I love one five. But Eckstein was like my guy because I right? I played shortstop and I always liked number twenty two. So Eckstein was kind of my guy.
2: World Series MVP.
0: Right. Exactly. I mean, very clutch and good good ball player. When you think of two
2: thousand six, the game that made you fall in love with the Cardinals, go.
0: Um. The the moment I knew I loved Cardinal baseball, the first moment I knew I kind of knew it was Scott Spezio, that triple in, against the Brewers in the regular season. Wow, last I, weekend of the season. I remember exactly? I was in my brother's dorm helping him move into college, huh. and at University of Missouri. And then uh, when Andy Chavez brought the Scott Rowland home run back in the NLCS, and pure like the emotion I had was. Just extreme disappointment, like drop on the floor, like upset. I think but,
2: I fell to the floor as well, yeah, that, except I'm like 20 years older than you.
0: Right, but that's when I knew I was like, this is like, I love Cardinal baseball. Because that was Oof. like, that meant so much to me. And then it got literally pulled back. Oh, I take yourself
2: back to that moment in yeah. October of 2006, when you think Scott Rowland has gone yard and Andy Chavez reaches back. And pulls it back in, and then doubles Edmonds off first base, no yeah, less, seriously. in a game that was just as tight as all get out. Ooh, that is, that to me, that's the game I was going to, assuming that you were, yeah, yeah, that was, was you were falling in love that that game would be the game that because was the game. you can't think that is
0: that was the game. That was the game, wow. and then yeah, then the rest of the series, just kind of watching the Tigers kick it around everywhere, and Anthony Reyes in game one being really, really clutch. I just remember really loving all of that, and I, I watched the Billy Bob Thornton. Narrated 2006 World Series movie, maybe a hundred times as a kid.
2: Guys, Jackson's a bandwagoner. Thanks for six three six. That's fair.
0: I was I was in the third grade when that happened, so <laughs> that's about when people get into sports, you know. Bandwagoner, in my own town.
2: Uh, you're welcome to give your thoughts six five seven eight zero. The Cardinals losing last night. Uh, a little uh, discouraging to say the very least as to what is happening as the Cardinals play in the Eastern Time Zone. It has not gone well, and uh, the Cardinals losing last night as they don't get much from a guy. I know you're high on, and I have been too. He just didn't pitch yeah. well last night. He is going up against a much higher caliber of lineup, and that in the uh, the Braves who have been red hot. Uh Pallante not going deep into the game. And as Ali Marmel talked about after the game, this is what causes problems. You get one get deep into the game. Now you gotta hold guys back just on the off chance that Michaelis can't go deep into the game. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Derek Would writing this morning that he hasn't gotten out of the seventh since his near-no-hitter about a month ago. So uh he needs to come through this evening, or else this thing will continue to spiral on this East Coast road trip. Uh and the Cardinals Losing now three in a row, the Brewers lost. I I would imagine. I'm not even. I will bet it. I'll bet it. And somebody will probably look it up. This is the first time in the 2022 season the Cardinals and Brewers have both lost, and the the trifecta of magic that is the Pirates, Cubs, and Reds have all won. Oh, wow. I feel very comfortable yeah. with that play. Yeah. Now, I'm giving you about 80, 80 different dates to, to choose from here at this point. Everybody's played about half the season, but I am comfortable with that assessment. Yeah, Five scenarios have to have happened. And many times, one of them's playing each other, so, right. so therefore. But, I, I, so yes, the, uh, the the Pirates, Cubs, and Reds have all picked up a game on the Cardinals and Brewers from last night. Uh, so, and that hurts because I really would like to see all three lose 100 games this year. Yeah, that'd be so really exciting. Every, 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 every one win that they get reduces that chance exponentially because, you know, they only need to win 63 games. Yeah. And so the Reds are, uh, are sitting now at 28, the Cubs at 33, and the Pirates at 33. I'm monitoring that closely. Cardinals now 44 and 39, Brewers 47 and 36. Reading this morning on The Athletic, uh, Katie Wu, who I know is uh, oftentimes here on 101 ESPN, writing this regarding the column on The Athletic as to who will be buyers and sellers at the trade deadline. She writes Stop me if you heard this before. But the Cardinals would benefit from another durable starting pitcher. Miles Michaelis and Adam Wainwright have been the anchors the team has hoped they'd be. Steven Matson has been injured. Jack Flaherty is back on the injured list, and Dakota Hudson hasn't been efficient. The Cardinals have the lineup and the depth to contend. If they're serious about being competitive come October, they need to shore up the rotation. The only question is, will they? Now I here here's here's something that that stood out to me. And I was reading it at like 6 in the morning, and I know he's up super late, and I'm not going to text him out of nowhere at like 6 in the morning, even though he's in Atlanta, and that's Derek Gould. And I don't know if I read too much into this, but I'm just going to read it. Mm -hmm. Okay, For the immediate future, as they continue a run against winning teams like Atlanta and Philadelphia with the Dodgers looming next week, that need has to be filled from within, talking about pitching. The Cardinals are in the early stages of shopping for a starter before the trade deadline, gathering Intel on who could be available. What they're willing to trade is limited. Mm. And it was just kind of I was just I was just reading along as mm. I am one to do before doing these shows. And that's honestly the first time I had heard, or read from somebody uh, who's, you know, a reputable source in Derek Gould, hinting at or flat-out saying, I think I could even take away hinting, flat-out saying that, well, I mean, this is what he wrote, what they're willing to trade is limited. Well, if, that, I, if that's the case, and yeah, it doesn't then, then well for, have fun going right. up against the Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, and Red Sox, yeah. and whoever else decides to try to compete at the trade deadline. Yeah. I just don't get it. I'm telling you, man, this could be, this could be a a significant moment in Cardinal fan, Cardinal organization, relationship history. If this this group that would truly be, it's the equivalent to get in the playoffs. If you are the Cardinals in the National League Central in 2022, it is the equivalent of knocking in a two foot putt. Not saying to win the Central. But to get into the playoffs with getting to feast on this clown show in the division as often as they do, it's a two-foot putt, especially with what they have at the core of the offense. Yeah. And if you're going to pass on that, then I don't know when they're going to be aggressive, especially with the circumstances surrounding the final year. Although I feel like the nostalgia element of the 2020-2022 season has been reduced exponentially with Molina not even... Uh, you know, <laughs> present, uh, yeah, okay. and with Pujols' struggles and Wainwright certainly has not said anything to say I'm done. Right. Yeah. So it has maybe changed uh, the way people perceived this thing going into the year. But I went into the year thinking Molina could very well come back. I, yep. I, now I'm as certain as I can get, and I thought that if Pujols was at like 6.95 ish, right, anyway, in home right, runs, that he would uh, that he would want to come back, and I would totally understand it, by the way. But now at this point, I'm like, man, this really is it for Yadier Molina and Albert Pools. I yeah. don't know about Wainwright, which then speaks to a bigger problem for next year, and it's one of the questions Jackson asks for our discussion, and that is, you know, we're, certainly and understandably so, and I'm not saying turn the page by any means to next year, but the Cardinals will have a decision as to how to handle the trade deadline, and, of course, when you're making that decision, you're factoring in how you view both the near-term and the long-term future. And so this is a, this is a juggling act like we haven't seen in a long time for this organization, because not only are you going to be losing some players, uh, you're really closing a chapter on an era. Mm-hmm. And not only do you have the emotional element and the memories that come with that, but then you have the baseball realities of it. I want to talk about that, and we will discuss it in the next segment because it impacts what the Cardinals do at the deadline, and therefore it doesn't just discuss pitching. It discusses catching because that has turned into a real situation for them. Uh, We'll talk about it coming up next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
1: we are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Jackson and I are arguing now, and I want everybody to know about it. I'm going to take you behind the scenes of this studio. The tension, palpable. The disappointment, extreme.
0: I'm disappointed.
2: What are you disappointed in? You get to work with me. You should be honored. That's right. I forgot.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it slips my mind just how
2: lucky I really you can't am. you can see me. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> it's like working with Mickey Carroll. Uh, this is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. It's exciting to be this talented. That's Jackson, and he can't wait to talk about Chet Holmgren's summer league debut.
0: Good performance from the kid. Kind of shocked me, but... Not really. Not his defensive prowess. Oh, God,
2: I lit the fire. It's happening. He was about to go. He really was about to go. I was going to go. I I think that might have
0: listed some nice texts so some people can get some ducats.
2: (laughs) Uh, Holy S, a break at 10.15. Did someone put a shot collar on the douchebag? I thought I was the yuppie. That's from the 314.
0: I thought I was the yuppie.
2: (sighs) I mean, once you're 45 with a family... Aren't you past yuppie? Right, but you're never past douchebag. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's everlasting. So I'm the douchebag and you're the yuppie? Is uh, that where we are now?
0: That's final assessment. Final. Right, that's it. That's assigned.
2: sign. Please address your text accordingly. Please, yeah. Uh, all right, here's what uh, Action Jackson asked. And, it's a, and, it, and it speaks to what we were talking about in the first segment. Cardinals losing, trade deadline, needing pitching, the whole song and dance. Nothing we didn't talk about yesterday, but you're, you're elaborating here. With the Cardinals having one of the four lowest catcher OPSs of any contender, how do you think they should proceed with that position? With Yachty's situation up in the air, now you're talking about for this year, uh, and Kisner's struggles, do you think they should try to acquire their catcher of the future and for 2022 at the trade deadline. Would you prefer that option or just hope that any of the three catchers they have used this season finds themselves and gets right? The thing with the catcher position is it's so light on talent. Like I don't mind, and Derek Gould highlighted this in his story that I was citing in our first segment today, the Cardinals staff's ERA since Molina went on the IL. And left the metropolitan area yeah. for a vacation in the Hamptons, uh, and that is that. There, I, I'll take I'll take managing a pitching staff, right. the ability to frame pitches. I mean, negating the stolen base is really immaterial in 2022. As much as I'd like it to be a part of the game, it's not. Relatively speaking, to when I was in love with Vince Coleman. Sure. And so, therefore, I'm, I'm fine with trading out offense. The issue is that they're not getting any of it from the, the catching position. But I just don't know. I, the, the honest answer is I don't know who you would be. Okay, th- this is the guy we're going to go to. I'd be surprised if they're pulling the plug on a guy like in Her- like Herrero who'd been yeah. a guy uh, at 22 years old. So I just don't see that happening. And so from my standpoint, my answer to your question, which I actually think is reasonable, my answer is no. Uh, where are you on this?
0: Well, if you got you can't. I don't think you make them. You have so many other needs that you you gotta take care of starting pitching first and foremost. I mean that's gotta be because that has the we've talked about the trickle down effect with the bullpen. I just don't see. I think you just ride that. You have to just ride it out, and it's unfortunate. But for the future, maybe make a move in free agency next year. But you you can't.
2: Herrera's the guy. I just I think I mean of the needs this team has. That's right. just – to me. Listen now, Herrera might not wind up being sure. the uh, meeting the expectations, but with regards to where the Cardinals are on it right now, just because he didn't come up and perform doesn't mean that he, you're out on him. I no, mean, I don't no, think I, definitely. I, and I, I'm not, not saying out. you're saying that. Nor, nor do I really feel like many fans are saying no, that. No, I mean, maybe some are, but you know, probably dog avatars. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, he comes up, didn't happen. Libertor hasn't been incredibly successful in his few starts so far. So you don't pull the plug on it. It's just kind of the way that things are. As guys get acclimated to big league, uh, you know, take your pick. Big league pitching staffs if you're in the catcher spot or big league uh, hitters if you're a starter. So from that standpoint, no, that is not where it is. To me, it's a starter. And that's why that Derek Gould column line a column it's his game story line stood out to me this morning and maybe i'm putting too much into it and for those who were not listening in the first segment uh he wrote the cardinals are in the early stages of shopping for a starter before the trade deadline gathering intel on who could be available what they're willing to trade is limited and I'm, i am just i don't know yeah and then it moves on to the next uh next part of the story where they get improved most is obvious a starter who misses bats, not innings. And then it lays the foundation for the fact that their starters aren't going deep into the game. But that was a, that was a line. That was the first time I read anything regards to where the Cardinals are with the trade deadline. And when Derek Gould is saying what they're willing to trade is limited. I, are you, are they really going to sit on their hands this time? Because they're going to sit on their hands this time. Then that means in the last 12 months, the acquisitions for this franchise with MVP candidates, it would be Wade LeBlanc, John Lester, Jay Happ, Stephen Mats, and Albert Pujols, all of whom, with the exception of Mats, will not be playing the game of baseball this time next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, three of them don't play right now, so it's. it's
2: and a- I just don't. I don't know what to say no. because because I have been I've been this I've been in this unique spot of having zero ties to the organization as far as working, you know, even, even indirectly for the Cardinals, even even like back when I was working in television, being down there, you could make a case, even though I knew it wasn't the case, but you could make a case that my income was tied to making sure I had access to Cardinal players, managers, front office. Even though I knew that wasn't the case, I could see how the public could see that. And then therefore you'd go on the radio and soften your stance Because you didn't want to get cut off. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that that is not the case, but I can understand how fans might think that is the case. So I'm in this rare spot of being somebody who has no ties whatsoever to the organization and would actually defend not necessarily the spending, but the criticism that they didn't spend. Mm -hmm. Because my—I don't even think it's a belief— it's a fact that they do spend especially for the market size the issue has been where they have allocated the dollars that's the issue that's been what's been poor and and i'm talking over the last 6 years so with with regards to that i don't know how you can just but but again i'm 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 presenting a problem that hasn't occurred yet mm-hmm. but, but i'm a little concerned in the sense that this is this is the year to do it. Yeah. This is from my standpoint, this is the year to do it. And if they're already framing it, well, we're not really willing to part with them. It's going, okay, that's, that's going to cause a problem with people. Yeah. And, and at that point, I don't really know how you could, because, because the narrative is, and I understand it. And I think a lot of people feel this way. The narrative is, well, they don't care about winning as long as fans show up or take it to another level or a lesser level, depending on your perspective, the Cardinals don't go for a world championship. They go to just be in a spot where they're in the mix for a playoff spot and then get into the tournament. Mm-hmm. And listen, I understand that. I, 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 have, I have wondered that here over the last couple of years myself, but again, I don't think it's because they're hoarding money, and I think that's the thing that can get people going. But when you have a division title that is just sitting there against a team that's not lighting the world on fire either, it's not like you're in the Mets division or the Yankees division or the Dodgers division, uh, and you get to feast on these three teams that, you know, before the season you knew weren't going to be competitive, you're going to get into the playoffs. Yeah. They don't get into the playoffs. That's a whole nother level. Um, and so to so, so therefore it's there to get into the tournament, not only get into the tournament, be in a spot where you win the division. And it's The last year for this this significant chapter, that would just really, honestly, that would be be an eye-opening moment for me. I don't even know what the eye-opening would be. I'd just go, wow, I'm truly surprised. But I know a lot of you are listening and going, I'm not going to be surprised. I don't expect them to do anything. Mm -hmm. And this is what we talked about earlier in the year, that when the trade deadline was coming up for the Blues, you didn't know what they were going to do. You just knew they would do something, even though... In their very own division, there was a clear-cut, and a lot of people were saying it at the time, uh, certainly now it's all over, a clear-cut Stanley Cup favorite in their own division, who they weren't going to catch. Right. And they're still going to take their shot. Yeah. So that is that is something that that can cause a chasm between a fan base and an organization, especially if the mindset in the fan base is, this is the way that it has been. So I am... I am really intrigued by what will take place here over the next few weeks the Cardinals. And candidly, uh, 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 not much of it has to do with what goes on on the field, but what goes on with with the direction the organization takes with the trade deadline. Because, as I said as we were leading into our first break, Jackson, Mm -hmm. this isn't just about 2022 there is at least a significant chance Adam Wainwright won't be part of this team. Well, right now, Adam Wainwright is one of two starters you can feel good about going out and pitching. So right. there's a baseball impact in addition to the emotional impact of it, of closing that chapter. Yadier Molina will not be a part of this team. Yadier Molina at this moment isn't part of the team as it, as it is. Uh, Albert Pools will not be part of this team, which is something that isn't really new um, because it's been the way things have been for the last 11 seasons up until this year. So, there are going to be, and, and listen, Paul Goldschmidt is incredible as he's been. He is 35 years old. Right. So with, and, and Arnado's over 30. So this is, this is this moment in a weird way. This would be, we were talking about 2006 and 2011. You were asking for me to draw uh, comparisons and, and, and also contrast the seasons. And I've talked a little bit about this before. Uh f- Post-Dispatch late columnist uh, Joe Strauss uh, said that had the Cardinals not gone on that run at the end of 2011, the organization was in a position where it was going to experience its most significant changes, probably going back to when the DeWitt family bought it and Joe Torre was replaced as manager and walt jockety comes in and tony larusa comes in and a year later maguire comes in ozzie smith is ushered out a year later uh after the 96 season all of these things that happen otherwise it's been pretty much a a similar thread you can i mean albert pujols is still on the team and he played with mark maguire in 2001. now i realize of course he left for a decade but the point being this has been a model of consistency and performance on the field for the last 21 seasons. It's also been a model of consistency with regards to uh, not a lot of turnover. And what Strauss's premise was, is that there was about to be a whole hell of a lot of turnover in August of 2011, because it was known, not publicly, that La Russa was leaving which probably meant Duncan was going to be leaving. And then the Cardinals under John Mozeliak at that time would not have won a playoff series going back to beating the Detroit Tigers in the 2006 World Series. So you had a failure in 07. You had a failure in 08. You had a great team in 09, but they were swept by the Dodgers. And then you had coming up short against the Reds in 2010, and it looked like another year without the playoffs in 2011. Furthermore, Pools is a free agent. And so, what Strauss's contention was is that things were about to shift in a huge way for the organization, an organization that prides itself on stability. Right. So, what I am presenting to you is how will the Cardinals handle the final few months of 2022, and then how they turn the page to 2023, because there are two players on this roster, likely in the sense, and I'm not counting pools here, in Wainwright and Molina, who will not be a part of this team. So, not just from an impact of on the field, but also how things are handled in the clubhouse with leadership and what direction it impacts both the spot and the starting rotation that is already struggling. And then, of course, the element of managing that rotation at catcher, It is a pivotal moment in Cardinal franchise history, and it's a pivotal moment in Cardinal franchise history between the fan base and the organization. Your thoughts, 65780. We'll take a commercial break. I am on the clock today, and I am excited about it. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: I just have to. I, I, I'm obligated on behalf of the audience to ask, what was that Lakers update I caught at the at the tail end of the the Sports Center update? Oh, they they're going to be uh,
0: they're signed uh, Thomas Bryant. He Used to play for the Wizards. He had a decent center. So, you know, big guys like him are kind of far and few and few and far between. So right. getting a guy like him to help with Anthony Davis, who's often hurt, I think, is a good move.
2: Your thoughts on Jackson's Thomas Bryant News, 65780 Air Comfort Service text line. Probably many of you are going to be leaving mic drops, but you know what? They're not going to be played.
0: That's right. Yeah, speaking to the abyss, it's... Cool by me.
2: Uh, 101 ESPN has your chance to win a four-pack of tickets. The next week's sold-out Budweiser Bash for Cardinals and Dodgers on Tuesday, July 12th. Next week's Bud Bash giveaway features a limited-edition Willie McGee bobblehead. Get all the details for Budweiser Bash nights at Busch Stadium now at cardinals.com slash promotion. So I was on one of my uh, soliloquies in the previous segment, and I like to uh, read the audience's feedback uh, on the topic at hand, and that's when I, that's when I peek into the air comfort service text line uh thomas big country bryant from oklahoma state cowboys way to keep it old school jackson that's from the 573 who cares that's from the 417 she's hot at 47 i don't know what that means what are we what were we talking about I, I could have sworn I was talking about the Cardinals and Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols and Adam Wainwright, and then Jackson hit us with the Thomas Bryan update. Where, where could she's hot at forty-seven have come from?
0: Is Herrera's number forty-seven? Because maybe I can make
2: a little connection. So now you're—that's how you're connecting the dots on that. So, but that try. is currently the leader for the Bud Bash tickets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody cares about Lane Bryant's son. He's probably a fat too.
1: <laughs>
2: That's unfair. It's from three one four. It's unfair, but it might get you to a Cardinals and Dodgers game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. I hear lots of Jackson's NBA talk, but very little Mizzou hoops and even less slew hoops. What gives? That's from the three one four. Well that's that to me is a that to me is a an, an issue at the nucleus of this radio program. <laughs> at the same time, to be real transparent with you and the audience, if I were sitting here and talking Missouri or St. Louis University basketball, on July sixth, we might as well as pack her on up. We really might as well just pack her on up. Now Jackson in the in the in the in the the, the the TJs that he continues to update you on, that's a whole different thing. That's where Jackson gets to you know paint his little projects at ten thirty or ten forty seven at, at every day. All right, now, so with, with on the, the the discussion, a lot of texts have come in on this. I personally disagree with it, but I, a number of you have texted in the show about not only closing the chapter on Wainwright, Molina, and Pools, but if the Cardinals are not successful this year, and if the Cardinals, taking it a step further really, do not show an inclination at the trade deadline to try to solidify this ball club, Nolan Arnauto can opt out. Right. My opinion is this. Now, this is this is of course rooted strictly in a read, so I have just as much information as those of you in the audience. So this is not a this is not a hey I spoke with Nolan Arenado, uh, but my inclination is this: I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that St. Louis and Nolan Arenado is similar to St. Louis and Paul Goldschmidt, St. Mm-hmm. Louis and Adam Wainwright, uh, St. Louis and Yadier Molina. I just think it's a fit for what Nolan Arenado wants professionally right. and that is baseball and no bs. Yep. Now, if and, I, and hey, some people enjoy bs. I probably enjoy bs actually. Uh, so it's it's got nothing to do with that uh is saying one is good and one is bad, but I'm just saying you get to play baseball and not be distracted by take your pick of whatever other. You are here for baseball. It's a baseball region and it just so happens that the Cardinals at the corners have Two of the most baseball guys going, right. and I just don't see him wanting to go and deal with New York, L.A. You know, I it, maybe if 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 the Angels were in a different spot, maybe, maybe more so than the Dodgers. I don't know. Maybe he would like the Dodgers. I, I have no idea. I mean, listen, I, you know, when it gets down to it, as we said, he, he's in his thirties, and a championship uh, is certainly something I can see for both him and his cohort on the other side of the infield being of premium importance but I just don't see I, th- I think it's a different deal when you're in Colorado and they're just doing dumb crap and he felt like he was not being treated right it was dishonest take your pick of whatever the reasons were kind of
0: like playing out the string in a sense too just because there was never with the moves they were going to make they were never really going anywhere right. like I, he said how warm like when he got the the excitement in the crowd when he hit his first number with the Cardinals he hadn't felt that because they feel the Cardinal fans feel like they could win a World Series every year. Yeah. I don't think that was ever the case in Colorado. I just and
2: I also not to, not to say that I've seen this, although like I said, we get you know however many texts we get, hundreds of texts, mm-hmm. so I can't read them all. But I saw Nolan Arenado's name pop up and people talking about the fear that he would he would opt out. Um, I, you know, and it, 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 I, nobody has said this, but if you would get into the money element of it, I just think it, when it gets to a certain point, if you are happy. And I believe he is. If you are happy, you don't want to mess with that uh, because you already have. He's he's good. It's like when you saw John Rahm talk a couple weeks ago and said, "Yeah, my life's not going to change if I have four hundred million dollars because he already has however many tens of millions of dollars, if right. not more than that, at this point." And you know what can't he buy now, or what would he be able to buy? You know, then with four hundred that he can't buy now. So. And listen, I recognize for all of us minus Jackson, that's a that's a difficult place to be to understand that mindset, but. Uh, that is, it's just, I just don't, I don't view it that way unless you're ego tripping and you want to make sure that everybody knows you're the absolute best. And so therefore you have to have the highest contract. And I just don't think that's what the Cardinals have. I think if you are serious about just wanting to play baseball and not having TMZ crap going on or having a columnist trying to make his bones in New York city by airing you out, um, this is where you want to be. And and that's why I think you've seen a lot of baseball, when I say baseball guys, I mean guys who just love to play the game and have zero interest in, right? you know, building a hashtag brand, right.
0: you know? We like to go to the ballpark, play the game, go home, yes. and that's it. You yeah. play some golf on the off
2: day. Yes, and I know Arenado's big in yeah, the, the sure. game of golf, as is Goldschmidt. Uh, he's really gotten into it. Uh, make no mistake, Nato, do you like that nickname, Jackson? No. Yep. Left a team not making moves to a Cardinals team that is dumpster diving. Why wouldn't he want out? That's from the 636. Well, I understand. I respect the premise. But what I would say to that is what the Rockies are and were versus what the Cardinals are and were are two different things. Yep. Um Narn Arnado has only experienced the playoffs here. Uh, granted, it's it's a very small sample size, and it's been competitive each year. Um, and it, and it's not like you can go, okay, they didn't do anything in in a month. If they don't do anything, it's a different deal. But there is a core here that. You know, you, you feel you feel good about the issue is it, it continues to be a problem with the same thing. We're reliving last year, We're reliving last June and July where you go, man, they really need some help in the starting rotation and not tending to it could be the difference between being a division champion and being a wild card and mm-hmm. fighting for your life. And the little best of three that that is now the playoff series. There yeah. is no one game deal. Yeah. Uh he ain't getting that contract again. He ain't opting out. That's from the 618. And then there's that there's that element as well. Yeah. I just don't think he's opting out. Unless, hey man, if I'm wrong, I'll eat it. I just I would surprised. I would wager heavily that that is not happening.
0: Yeah, I'd be surprised if he left.
2: But I also know that a lot of people wonder about that. It's not sure. this is by no means today's the first day where I've seen that. I've yeah. I've, I've yeah. seen that going back to last year. And I just never thought that was the case. Right. And it. And yes, I agree with the premise on the 618 texter saying he ain't getting that contract again. He ain't opting out. I do agree with that part. But I think when it gets down to it, either way, he's still going to be making tens of millions of dollars to play baseball. He's already made however much. Jackson, look it up in baseball reference what he's at. It. I mean, it's it's a, it's a ridiculous amount of money. And the point being, he's not going, boy, if I could just get to. 250 million as opposed to this 200 million, then I'd be set. It's just not the way that it works. But again, I recognize in saying that that for most of us having a conversation, an increase of 10% year over year in income can be material. But once you're at a certain point where Don Arnato is and where Jackson is, it doesn't matter. And so I just so I think you prioritize happiness in a comfortable element. Of where you're playing baseball, more so than going. Oh, if I went and played for the Mets, Steve Cohen's going to give me four hundred million dollars. What do we have, Jackson?
0: Uh so he was obviously he. Well,
2: uh, I just thought I'd get a number. Instead, I got delays. This is really unfortunate. Is what I got,
0: um, he's made about seventy million before he signed, or close. I'm sorry, closer to like a hundred million.
2: Yeah, usually people get those two.
0: Uh before he signed a. Eight Unbelievable!
2: Year, I apologize. Two hundred sixty million enough, dollar. Myself.
0: He's currently on an eight-year, two hundred sixty million dollar deal. deal and he made
2: about eighty million before that. Okay, so he's he's positioned well. Yeah, he's in really. He can, good he can handle the bear market.
0: Yes, he is not very. I mean, this year alone, he's going to make thirty-five million. If they need a new
2: roof, <laughs> he has options. Yeah,
0: he's got, he's going to make
2: thirty-five this year alone. The yuppie can't see what Rom's thinking. He could buy another place in the Hamptons and watch NBA G League games while sipping champagne. I never
0: once talked about John Rom.
2: <laughs> He's an angry
0: he, he gets angry on the golf course, but I didn't say anything about him.
2: <laughs> 90% of teams don't do anything. That's from the 314. I agree well, with that. Uh, I I guess if you incorporate all of the oh, teams yeah. in baseball,
0: including the FCS teams,
2: <laughs> including our friends in the FCS, three of whom reside in the Central <laughs> here, and then you've got you know a, a wide variety. Uh, they enjoy not competing by the Bay, um, the East Bay that is, right. and, uh, <laughs> and and also not tending to sewage issues. <laughs> no. Uh, in Miami, they do it every decade or so, and they're looking for a new stadium or some kind of other way to fleece the public and yeah, new sculpture to, and center. Right. So, but of the teams who are in the mix to win their division, and a team that may be in the mix to, to like the Red Sox, because it's going to be tough for the Red Sox to win their division. Certainly, it's mathematically possible, of course. It's July six but it's going to be tough for them to do that, even though they're nine games over 500. Uh, but they're in a good position in the wild card. If we're going to limit it to that, I would disagree on the 90% of teams don't do anything number. And, you know, this person might have just been firing one off haphazardly. But the issue for Cardinals fans is it's been a while. Mm -hmm. I go back to 2009. I said that yesterday. I go back to 2009. Now that was hyper aggressive. but And it was a great team. You had two Cy Young candidates in your rotation. Carpenter finished third and Wainwright finished second, I believe. Or you could... Inverse it, but either way, when you have that and you have Albert Pools, uh, you're gonna take your shot, and so they did. And they went out and got Mark DeRosa and Matt Holiday. Uh, 65780 is how you can text in. Uh, the this entitled zoomer sounds like someone who would pronounce margaritas margs.
0: No, no, I don't do that.
2: You're a zoomer? I just, I've heard this term just. For the first time this morning, when I was reading your Justin Timberlake story you sent over, yeah, for uh, TMA, I, I always, honestly had never heard that term. So you're a Zoomer. That's a generation.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I I always was told oh, at like
2: 10:51, and I was on the clock. I was I was on it. You're killing it. I've always been told
0: I'm the generation who grew up with the internet, like who always had the. Well, internet. that's
2: a terrible name for a generation. What is what is a Zoomer? What generation is that? Isn't that is that a generation? I think I kids that we who
0: went to school while and had to do it on Zoom. Oh. And technically, for half a semester. Really, that's what it is. For oh, half a semester, okay. my senior year of college, I we did it on Zoom.
2: Got it. So maybe. I thought it was a cute little way to counter oh. Boomer. Oh. Then I no. guess maybe it is. It is, but with but with, with Zoom, right? Yeah. yeah. Look at this. I'm learning things here today. All right, let's break. All right, yeah, Good call. Just cut off my mic. All right, it's just a party. Little piddle show. <laughs>
1: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Final segment of the award-winning Balloon Party inside STL's Show of the Year is what we. Uh,
0: oh, they voted that we won.
2: Well, it's my thing, but still, I got it. Congratulations! But to like, us. we still won. Right. Thank you. Uh, Jackson, speaking of winners, we have a uh, Bud Bash ticket winner to give. Yeah,
0: we sure do. Uh, Jeff from Farmington. Jeff from Farmington. Sent in, she's hot at 47. You know what? We have
2: no idea what it was about.
0: No idea what it was about, but because of it, you're going to go get some Cardinal <laughs> tickets. I mean... It's why this show really makes people's dreams come
2: true. It really does. Uh, well, congratulations to Jeff and Farmington for sending in that non-sequitur. You are going to the Cardinals and Dodgers next week for Bud Bash. You can find out more at cardinals.com slash promotions. don't forget, the Bud Bash giveaway features a limited edition Willie McGee bobblehead. I really felt good about my clock management today. It was better. It was, but then what happened? Because the the previous segment was only 13 minutes.
0: Uh, Well, they, you go... Over by a minute each time, then starts to add yeah, up, yeah, and then you go over sparring. by two I thought, minutes. I thought I'd time. have a nice,
2: you know, five, six minutes here at the end, but alas, I, I don't. Uh, BK and Ferrario are up next. Time for us to shut it down for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101
1: ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Peloton, let's go.